Hey friends, welcome back to a special episode of Thriving Thoughts. I'm your host, Dr. Sherry. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. Listen, friends, I really want to be an encouragement to you today, and I hope that you do know, above all, that's my heart, is to serve you and to speak truth to you, yes, and sometimes that truth doesn't feel good, but here's some encouragement for you today, that I only offer the truths and the questions that I offer to you, because they're things that I've considered for myself. I would never ask you to consider questions that I have not first tossed around myself, dealt with, mulled over, contended with, fought with even. Please do understand that this comes from a place of understanding what it truly means to thrive, what it means to grow and flourish and prosper, and what it means to not stay in stagnancy, to actually grow and to take care of my mind, my heart my emotions, my relationships, and that's really what I want for you guys. And today, we're going to get started with a really important question that I think too many of us are avoiding in some cases, and in other cases, this question isn't even on the radar. What if life as we know it, as we've come to know it right now, is the way that it will be from now until the foreseeable future? What if? Have any of you asked yourselves that question? My suspicion is probably not a lot of us asking that question. You see, right now we're in a time where everyone's looking for answers to different questions. Like, when is this going to be over? When are things going to get back to normal? I've talked to some dear friends that have just blatantly and frustratingly said, I'm just so over this. I know you probably are too. A lot of us are over this. And so what does that mean? for the questions that we have to ask ourselves. I think what happens is that we start to ask ourselves these questions and we start to also make predictions about the future based on what we see right now, based on our circumstances. I was actually talking with some moms last evening (laughs) and they said things like, if this is the way things are going to be, you know, next year, next school year or whatever, like I'm going to die. I can't do this, right? I can't sustain this. To a degree, they're right. There are a lot of us who are in very untenable positions, most of us actually, in untenable, unsustainable positions. We're asking questions in desperation to get out of this feeling, right? To get out of this feeling of, I don't like where this is at right now. I don't like what's going on. I don't like the discomfort of not only change, but change that breeds uncertainty, change that threatens our security. We ask questions and then we wait for people to answer them. We wait for people in power. We wait for our friends. We wait for someone, anyone to answer them. And our desperation, I think, is calling us to wait. It convinces us that what we've got to do is ride out or weather the storm. But you know what? I think about our situations. And when I say our, I mean yours, mine, the collective hour. For many of us, this storm is stripping away our very foundations of security. And it's terrifying. I know many of you are losing sleep. You're wringing your hands. You're rocking back and forth, just waiting for the storm to break and the clouds to part to catch a glimpse of that light at the end of the tunnel that everyone's talking about. 
It's such an uncomfortable place to be, and I don't mean that lightly. I mean, we as people, our brains are wired for control. We relish control. We take massive steps to control things in our life, like our jobs and our homes and our finances and our relationships and our health, right? I mean, we go out. You hear about this all the time. People take care of themselves. They on purpose, deliberately exercise to take care of their health, right? And then you hear of some person who's always in tip-top shape and they take care of themselves, but then they drop dead of a heart attack. That's like, what? Like, wait, I w- he or she was taking every step to control what was going on with their health. They were doing everything right. It's the same with our finances. We take steps, we take measures to be proactive, right? We save, we put into our 401k. Many of us, however, have found ourselves realizing just how closely paycheck to paycheck we live, realizing that there are no savings to dip into. We have not only a wiring or a relishing for control, but it's like a compulsion to control. It's a compulsion to control the happiness level in our relationships or more accurately, what the other person does or doesn't do to control our jobs, to control our livelihoods, to control what our homes look like, to control what our kids do or don't do, how they behave or misbehave, right? We spend a lot of time trying to control. And then here comes COVID-19, comes along kind of taunting us with its many blows. Who's in control now, right? That's what COVID-19 has asked me. Who's in control now, Sherry? Because it's not you. I think it's just a really uncomfortable and difficult question to answer, right? Like we have falsely, I believe, we have falsely believed that we have much more control and much more influence over the outcomes of our lives than we actually do. And then something like this comes along and it impacts every single one of us. But you see, rather than answering that question, who's in control now because it's difficult, and if we attempt to answer it, And we say, oh, geez, like I'm really not in control. We open ourselves to the implications of that truth, of the truth that we lack control, that we lack much more control than we would ever care to admit. And so rather than answering that question, that question plagues us in the back of our minds. And so we have to turn, this is kind of like a psychological defense, we don't have to, but for many of us, we turn our attention outward. We turn our answer seeking outward because it's a little easier. It's a little more comfortable more palatable to get our answers from outside than to come face to face with who we are, who we are not, what we control and what we do not control. So we look for other people to take control. We look for others to fix it. We want you to fix the problem. We want leadership at all levels to come up with solutions that'll help us and give us relief from this untenable and unsustainable feeling of being tossed about on the waves. And then what happens When leadership doesn't have the answers, we turn on one another. Consider this, that all of this that I'm about to talk about can be avoided if we choose to answer that initial question, what if this is what my life looks like? What does that mean for me? But before we get there, we've got to turn on each other. You're not doing anything to fix this. In fact, you're contributing to the problem. It's your fault we're in this mess. If only you had done X, Y, Z, we wouldn't be here. And then blame, all that does is it fuels the fire of fear. Because we know deep in our hearts, in our minds, you could be a heart person, you could be a mind person, you know deep down that blame gets you nowhere. Blame will not rid the world of COVID-19. 
Blame will not produce a vaccine for COVID-19. Blame will not alleviate your financial or health distress. It will do nothing. In fact, it will serve to worsen those things, to worsen your health. We operate in a fruitless attempt to rid ourselves of the fear that that produces. We want sympathy, understanding, empathy. In fact, we so desperately want to expose and get others to understand or draw us to their perspective, their plight. I'll personalize it, my perspective, my plight, your perspective, your plight. We resort to suffering wars. Like, who is suffering the most? Well, you're not as impacted as I am, and so on and so forth. As if that matters, as if it has any bearing on my happiness, as if it has any influence whatsoever on the solution to the crisis that we're facing. We magically think it will make us feel better in the moment. And then we become derailed about who's doing what, who's not doing what, who's doing enough, who's not doing enough, who's doing the right thing, who's doing the wrong thing. Judging, that's where we find ourselves. And not only does judging entice division, the division of us as a collective, but it doesn't serve us individually. Judging is not in my or your best interest. It doesn't help you to be moved to a decision. It doesn't help you to motivate yourself to action. It actually just perpetuates our misery and further enhances our already acute awareness of being out of control. And when we're face to face with that, with the truth that we don't have control, all sorts of feelings emerge. We get angry, we get depressed, anxious, resentful, bitter even. We get frustrated. We divide ourselves and we become intolerant of views other than our own. You know, all of those feelings, anger and sadness and resentment and bitterness and frustration, all of those feelings are feelings that will grow in an uncontrollable environment, in a crisis like the one we're in. So we fight. We become, listen, y'all, I know I'm speaking the truth here. We become armchair town managers, council members, mayors, governors, congresspersons, and even armchair presidents because we know exactly what it would take to fix this, right? But if we really had the answers, wouldn't we be in a different situation ourselves? Wouldn't we think about how to impact ourselves, our immediate situations, our immediate sufferings first, then be able to impact positively our immediate circle and concentrically outward? The truth is we're out of control. And the truth is this, we don't have the answers and that drives us mad. But until we admit that, that we're out of control and we don't have the answers, we will never be able to answer the only question that really matters to you right now, not just to you, but for you. I'll go back to the question, what if this is the way life is? What if this is it? Full disclaimer here, friends. I did not tell you that I was going to answer this question. I just told you I was going to ask you this question because here's the truth again. We're all looking for answers, but the answer to that question for you is something that you have to find and you have to discover. But what I am going to do here is explain a little bit more about why it's important for us to answer that question and the possibility of seeing things in a different light. You guys know I talk about thriving in any and every circumstance. And the reason that I talk about that is because I believe in it, because I've lived it, because I've chosen to live it. You know, when we're in situations like we're in now, a crisis, and things change and things change drastically, we are presented with an opportunity to grow. So many of us are talking about going back, bouncing back, getting back, that I think we're doing a complete disservice to ourselves. We're not thinking about growth. We're actually thinking about going back, reverting, 
How dare we, for our own benefit, revert to anything? Sure, it may be comfortable back there, but maybe that's not where we need be. Maybe this is an opportunity for us to reevaluate our needs. You've heard the familiar phrase, hashtag first world problems, right? Well, I think now we're all faced with this equal problem, but let's put it in first world perspective. You may be faced with the opportunity to have a frank conversation with yourself, your significant other, your family about what you do need and what you don't need. Perhaps your financial situation is severe, is dire. This is not an opportunity to get back. It is an opportunity to figure out what really matters to you. I don't say this lightly. Y'all, I made a decision several years ago to embark on a journey that changed things drastically for me. Was it my decision and not COVID-19s? Yes, absolutely it was. And in that process, I experienced being stripped of many, many things that I thought I needed. And I have had multiple instances over the years of discovering, of coming face to face, of giving myself the grace, the opportunity to say, Sherry, do you need this? Or do you want this? Sherry, is this a necessity for your vitality? Do you need this to be happy? Or can you choose to be happy without this? And you might think, sure, Dr. Sherry, You don't know what I'm talking about. This is not an episode for me to share my personal experience with you, but I am here and I'd love to chat with you about it. And I remember many nights thinking, wow, I wonder if my car is going to be repossessed when I wake up in the morning because I pursued a path that was out of the box. I pursued a path that allowed me to serve my purpose with my passion attached to that. And I took many risks and yes, I did that on purpose. But now guess what? You didn't have to make that difficult decision. You're faced with it now. You have the opportunity. And the way I see it is you're gifted with the opportunity. And I do not make light of the losses that people have, but I do reflect on my own losses and now can see them as graces, now can see them as lessons that have helped me to learn, to grow, to thrive. You know, I've heard so many more commercials lately about people talking about thriving, but I think we've got it wrong. Thriving is not what it's presented to be. Thriving is not la-la land. It is not everything is coming up roses. It is not I have money in the bank. I have a rainy day fund. That is not thriving. That might be preparedness, but it's not thriving. Thriving is being able to grow and stretch and prosper in the face of any challenges. It doesn't mean necessarily you have to throw a celebration, folks. That's not what I'm talking about. But this is an opportunity for you to understand what it is that you infinitely value. Your who. You know, that's that's what's left. When everything is taken away, you are what's left. And that's what, that's who you must protect at all costs. When you're stripped of of the things that we don't have control over, You identify exactly what you do have control over, which may not seem like much at first, but in reality, it's everything. You are in control. You are driving the ship of your happiness, of your joy, of your ability to thrive. And here's the question I would ask for you. What if the circumstances always remained the same? Would you be able to pull from your reserve of choice, from your understanding that you have choice to be happy? You have a choice to thrive. You have a choice to express gratitude and not complaint. You have a choice to express happiness, not sadness. You have a choice to express peaceful confidence and not fear. Did you know that that's your choice? I need you to hear this truth. Circumstances do not drive your feelings or your choices. You do that. Circumstances might influence your choice, but they certainly don't control your choice. 
Those are up to you, my friend. But we do live in a society, we live in a consumer market focused on tomorrow, focused on fear, focused on preventing disaster, life insurance, and anti-aging, you know, cosmetics, and your 401k, and your car insurance, and your health insurance, and superfoods, and supplements, and steps and step trackers. But does any of it work? People are dying. Stock market crashes. Wrinkles still come. I wake up every morning and there's a new one, it seems, these days. You know, we can't number our days. And I am not speaking against being prepared. I'm not speaking against being proactive. It's about surrendering to this truth that we control so much less of our circumstances than we believe and we're led to believe. And I'll take it one step further. This is not about simply adapting to your circumstances. It's about understanding that you have the ability to exercise agency and influence over your circumstances. You've heard people say, I'm fine under the circumstances. You have the ability to exercise agency and influence over your circumstances. You cannot control the circumstances that exist, but you control your response to them. And that is not fluff. That is 100% truth. And when you get that, oh boy, oh boy, are you liberated. And it's not about resilience. Resilience implies that we're bouncing back. It's not about resilience. It's about growth. And growth, growth, y'all, is painful. I don't do a garden. I don't have a garden. I don't even know what it takes to do all that. I buy my produce or get my produce from people who do garden. But it takes a lot of work, right? Tilling the soil like it's work, right? That's what growth requires of us. This is not easy street. It's not about bouncing back. I don't want to go back to comfort, to the known. There's no opportunity for discovery in that. You know, I have learned, I've sacrificed far too much and learned the value of thriving to ever think about going back to a place of comfort. And that's really what I wish for each of you, that you would experience that. You can grow through the pain. You know, you don't have to get rid of the pain. You can grow through the pain and learn about yourself. You can open yourself to your gifts that without discomfort remain hidden. Listen, if you're still living and breathing, you're not done. Your growth has not stopped. And if you want your growth to stop, if you want to go back to comfort, if you don't want to discover the grit that you have inside of you, if you don't want to discover the thoughtfulness, the thankfulness, and the creativity that is lying within you to serve you and to serve those around you, that's fine. There's no judgment in that. But man, are you missing out. So my friends, if you don't know where to start today to consider that question, what if this is what my life looks like? I'd love to chat with you. I'm here for you. I'm a simple message away on Facebook. Instagram, email. You can email me at drsherryspeaks at gmail.com. Find me on Facebook at Dr. Sherry or on the gram at dr.sherryspeaks. Listen, reach out to me. Reach out to those in your inner circle. Have a conversation with your family at dinner tonight about this because you're right. The way things are right now, it's not sustainable. So you have to choose a different response because the circumstances might sustain themselves. So what are you going to do to exercise the influence, agency, choice, and power that you have, that you alone have, to live a life that truly thrives? All right, my friends, I'm so grateful you chose to join me today for this difficult topic. And I really do pray that I've encouraged you in some way or inspired you to at least begin thinking differently about your ability and the power that lies within you to thrive and to move forward. Please remember to always speak truth over the lies so that you can thrive in any and every circumstance, especially 